0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Last week, we started a series, a new series, series
1: which is called Sweeping It Under the Carpet, The Tragedy of Ignoring Sin in Our Lives. And really, over these last few months, we've been really looking at who we want to be and being all that God wants us to be, both as individuals and as a church. And as I was preparing this series, I felt this is one last thing that God wants to show us, and it's the issue of dealing with the sin in our lives. And, and I'll be honest with you, if you look at the church today, even if you look here in our church, or if you look outside at the church in general in North America, we have lost a concept of personal holiness. We have lost a concept of that God wants us to be holy, He wants His people to be pure, and He wants us to not take for granted the sin in our lives. And and I'll be honest with you, so oftentimes when you look at our lives, when you look at my life, and when you look at your life, there is that tendency to say, Oh well, you know, that's just my little quirk, that's just my little indulgence, that's just my little personality trait. And the reality is, is that God takes sin seriously. But the problem is, is we don't. And as we saw last week, we have a natural tendency that goes all the way back to Adam and Eve to just take our sin and sweep it under the carpet, to try to hide it, to cover it. But the reality is is that we can't cover it. There are consequences for our sin. There is a reality that our sin is going to affect our lives. And so today, we're going to see one area in which our sin affects us, in which our sin hinders us. And one of the areas that our sin affects us and hinders us is in the whole issue of doing God's will. See, here's the reality. God has a purpose for each and every one of you. God has something that He wants you to do. He didn't save you. He didn't give you salvation. His Son didn't die upon a cross so that you could have fire insurance, so that you could just be saved from the fires of hell. Yes, that is a benefit that you and I will not pay the penalty for our sin because Christ paid the penalty for us, but He saved us so that we could serve Him, so that we could do His will here in our communities, in our families, and in this world. But the problem is, is that when we sin, and we don't take seriously the sin in our lives, we hinder God's will in our life. It affects God's will in our life. You say, are you sure, George? Are you you for real about that? You better believe it. We hinder God's will in our life when we don't take serious our sin, and we try to cover it up whenever we try to sweep it under the carpet. In fact, let's look at our text today. We're going to look at Exodus chapter 4. We're going to look at three most unusual verses. They're smack dab in the middle of chapter 4. It's almost like a it's like, "Whoa, what's going on here when we read these verses?" And In fact, let me just set it up for you. Moses has just received the vision of God. He's seen God in the midst of the burning bush. He has received God's mandate that he's to go to Egypt and to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. And he's been told to do this. And so... Moses responds affirmatively. He goes back to chapter 4. He goes to his father-in-law Jethro and says to release him from his obligation so that he can go and do the Lord's will. And Jethro says, okay, you can go. Now we come to verse 24. And here is a very unusual passage in the midst of it. It doesn't make any sense when you read it, but I think if we look a little bit further in it, it will. Look with me at what it says there. Verse 24. And it came to pass on the way at the encampment that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at Moses' feet and said, Surely you are a husband of blood to me. So he let him go. Then she said, You are a husband of blood because of the circumcision. almost seems unreal. It almost seems like, whoa, is, does those verses even belong there? God just gave him a a purpose. God just gave him a mandate. God just gave him something to do. He knows what God's will is. He's going to go do it. And then you come to verse 24, and it says that God's trying to kill him. What's going on here? My friends, what's going on here is That there is something in Moses' life that God's not happy with. So let's look a little bit further. First of all, I want you to notice God's anger. First thing I want you to see is is that God is serious about the purity of his people. God is serious about the purity of his people. God is so serious about how you live your life. He's so serious about whether or not you deal with the stuff in your life. He's so serious about whether or not you deal with sin that he basically is looking at you and I to see where we're at and whether or not we will do what God calls us to do and whether or not we're going to be holy as he is holy. He's serious. In fact, he's far more serious than we are. You know what? here's the thing. Here's the scoop. We need to get as serious as God is about our own purity. And you know, we react in extremes. you know, it used to be years ago we had all kinds of rules about holiness, and you got, can't do this, can't do that. And here's what's happened. over the years, with a passing generation, we've gotten to the place now where we have come to the place where we say, "Well, you know what? That's just bondage, that's just legalism. Anything goes with Jesus, I'm forgiven. And so we, we practice liberality in our lifestyles, and we play the forgiveness card, and all the while our sin is not dealt with. But here's the reality, God is serious about your purity. And so what is what's happening? God is serious about the purity of his servant Moses. Moses is going to represent him to Egypt before Pharaoh. Moses is going to go and speak for God. He's going to do miraculous things for God so that his people will be set free and experience salvation. And God wants a clean vessel. God wants a pure vessel. God wants his servant to be pure. So God's serious about purity. So much so, when you look at verse 24, here's what it says, that the Lord met him and sought to kill them. Here's what I want you to see. God afflicted his servant. God afflicted his servant. Now you say, well that doesn't make sense. I think God, doesn't God love us? He he, doesn't he forgive us? And yes, yes he does. But God also loves us so much that he will get our attention about our sin. So much so that if you will not respond to the prodding of the Holy Spirit to deal with your sin, he will turn up the heat. He will turn up the fires in your life so that you get a grasp of the reality that He is serious about your sin. He is serious about your purity. And if He has something that He wants you to do, He's not just going to let you do your own thing. And He's not just going to let you just throw caution to the wind. He's going to deal with you about your sin. And isn't that what Hebrews says? Hebrews says that he scourges every son that he loves. God chastises his children. Because he's serious about our purity. Now here's the problem though. Today in the church, you know what? Here's what we do. We say, man, the devil sure has been busy with me. You know what, my friends? We give the devil a lot of credit for what maybe God is doing and trying to get our attention. Could it be that the thing that you're going through right now has nothing to do with Satan, but it may be the disciplining hand of God to get your attention about some sin issue in your life that you haven't taken seriously? And then you wonder why God doesn't use you. You know, here's a concept that we need to grasp, and this is what we see here. God gets angry about the sin in his servant's life. God gets angry about the sin in his servant's life. Now, I want you to notice as we go through this passage, how did Moses get here? And we're going to see, verse 25, there's kind of an illusion here that there was maybe a slippery slope going on here because the issue seems to be, when you look at verse 25, the issue seems to be the circumcision of his son and that being the issue of why God was out to get him. So what I want you to see is there's a slippery slope going on here. The first thing I want you to see is, is that he relaxed his standards concerning God's will. Moses relaxed his standards concerning God's will. Now here's what happens, folks. When you and I get into the trap of succumbing to sin in our life and not dealing with it, we are relaxing our standards concerning what it is that God wants to do through our lives, we are relaxing our standards concerning what it is that God has called us to, that is holiness and purity, and we have decided that it's okay to be lax in certain areas of our life. And so we make excuses. So we'll say things like this, well, you know, hey, it's my indulgence, it's my habit... Will say things like this, you know, hey, you know, lighten up on me. I'm a redhead, so I, I'm okay. it's okay for me to be angry. It's okay for me to be fired up. And the re- reality is, is that it's not okay. What you have done is, is that you've taken God's standard, which is here, and you've tried to lower it to where you're comfortable with it. And see, that's what Moses is doing. See, here's what Moses was doing. Moses was part of the children of Israel. They didn't have the law yet, because Moses is the lawgiver. But what they did have was the covenant. And remember the Abrahamic covenant? Abraham comm- was commanded by God that he should circumcise all of his children, of his male children, as a sign of the covenant. So here's Moses. He's married to Zipporah. And here's what's going on here. They have not, he has not followed through with the covenant. He's not followed through with the command of God. And he has not circumcised his child. For whatever reason, and I think there's a reason, and we'll get to that in a moment. He chose to relax his standards in this area. They say, why, George? What do you mean he he chose, he he relaxed, or he was influenced? Well, you know, when you read this passage, it's very obvious that Sipporah, his wife, she's a Midianite. She obviously did not like the issue. In fact, she very much, when you look at verse 25 and how she responds to the issue of circumcision, she calls him a husband of blood to me. She obviously did not like the act of circumcision, so it's very possible you can almost see the family discussion going on there that Moses says, I think we need to do this, and she says, no, we're not doing this. Moses says, I think we need to do this, and she says, look, I've already told you, we're not doing this. And so Moses capitulates to his wife, and here's the problem. He may have been influenced by Sapphira, but it was his decision that got him in trouble. See, my friends, here's the issue. Some of you are are involved in sinful things. Some of you have sinful attitudes, sinful actions. And you are involved with them. And as far as the culture is concerned, you're okay. It's okay for you to be doing what you're doing. But the reality is, is when you look at God's standard of what He says you should do and what He says you should not do, you're not okay. In fact, the reality is, is that you're wrong. And God is calling you to a higher standard, but you have relaxed your standard. And so here's what happens, and this is the next point I want you to see here, is that sin will hinder God's purpose for your life. Sin will hinder God's purpose for your life. Now, listen to me. You've got to grasp what's going on here. He's been told by God to go to Egypt to set his people free. He's been told by God to go and confront Pharaoh. He's been told by God to lead his people out of bondage, into freedom, and take them back to Canaan. He's been told by God that through you, I'm going to do marvelous things that all the nations are going to speak about for a long time. He's been told by God, I'm going to be with you, Moses. I will speak through you. I will do these wonderful things. Moses, your name will be famous. But here's the problem. Sin in Moses' life was hindering listen to me was hindering God's purpose for his life. I mean here he is he's supposed to lead the children of the covenant out but he's not faithful to the covenant himself. Did you hear what I said? He's supposed to lead the children of the covenant out, but he's not faithful to the covenant himself. My friends, God wants to use you to lead people out of the bondage of darkness. To lead people to a growing relationship with the living Savior, Jesus Christ. To lead them to the place of salvation of recognizing that he died for their sins. He wants to use you to lead people out of darkness, but here's the problem. You're not living the life That you're supposed to lead others into. You're not living the life that you're supposed to lead others into. See, sin will hinder God's purpose in your life. Now, when we get to verse 25 and 26 now, we see that Sapphora knows what's going on. She even knows what the issue is. Isn't that interesting? She knows what the issue is. This is no surprise to her. She didn't need to sit back and say, well, wait let's try to figure out what's going on here. Why is God angry with him? Why is God trying to kill him? She knew immediately what the issue was. And listen, my friends, you're sitting there, and you know that God is dealing with you about something in your life, and you know what the issue is. You know what he wants to deal with you about. You don't need to have a group session to try to figure it out. You know what the issue is. And it's right there in front of you. Now here, look at how she responds. And there needs to be a response on our part in the same way. First thing I want you to notice is is that there's an awareness of sin. There is an awareness of sin. Because here, notice what it says. Then Sapphira took a sharp stone and cut the foreskin of her son and cast it at Moses' feet. She knew what the issue was. Listen, when God has disciplined you, when God is dealing with you about the stuff in your life, you don't need to sit there and wonder what it is. You already know what it is, but the problem is is we try to ignore it. God is constantly speaking to us. God is constantly saying to you, this is the way, walk you in it. You say, no, Lord, I want to walk in my way. God is constantly speaking to you, and he's turning up the heat one small step at a time, trying to get you to grasp the reality of the sin in your life and you're trying to ignore it. My friends, the first step in a response to the reality that sin is hindering us is that we've got to become aware again of what the issues are. We've got to become aware again. So here's what we've got to stop doing. We've got to stop making excuses for it. We've got to stop excusing it away. We've got to stop ignoring it. We've got to become aware and realize that this issue that I am caught in, that you are caught in, is hindering God's will for your life. And God can't use us for His purpose in our families, in our community, in our nation, in our world until we get real about the sin in our lives. So we've got to be aware of the sin. We see that from Zipporah's life and her response. The second thing I want you to see is is that repentance... It's key. Repentance is key. Now what do you mean by that? Notice something here. Here's what she did. She didn't just say, oh, well, you know, it's about that issue of circumcision. I know it is. Yeah, I know it is. God, please forgive us about the circumcision issue. Here's what she did. She stopped the issue. She turned around and went and circumcised their son because she realized that that issue was hindering Moses. In fact, it wasn't just hindering Moses. God was out to kill him because of his sin. Think about that for a moment. You want to know how serious you should take your sin in your life? How serious I should take my sin in my life? What if God was out to kill us for the stuff in our lives that we're not dealing with? So what they did was is not just acknowledge it, not just be aware of it. They decided to do something about it. My friends, that's repentance. Repentance is not simply confession. Oh, Jesus, forgive me. Repentance is confession but saying, Jesus, help me to turn from it. I want to stop it. I no longer want to engage in it. I need you to live through me so that I can stop it. And that's what they did. She circumcised her son now isn't it interesting there's, there's a concept here that is just right here in the passage that needs to help us it was when there was the shedding of blood and the blood was applied to Moses that God relented that God relented see my friend repentance is key why? because 2,000 years ago someone shed his blood for you and I on a cruel cross so that we might have the forgiveness of sins. Someone gave his life in our stead and paid the price for our sin so that we might be forgiven, so that we might be given a new life so that we can live for him. So that we can live for him. That, my friends, is reality. That, my friends, is the key. That we go to Him and we confess to Him and we say, Jesus, You died for me. You no longer want me to live in this. You shed Your blood for me. Help me to live in the victory of the cross. Help me to live in victory of the cross. Now you're saying, George, we're, how do how do we apply this to our lives? How do we what do we do with this three things and here's the first one you need to get some serious thought to this number one and don't worry about your neighbor when you ask this question is God dealing with you remember what I said God God is serious about the purity of of His servants. God is serious about His people being pure, about His people being holy. So much so that He will deal with them, He will afflict them so that they can get their act together, so that they can be aware of what is going on and so they can deal with it. So my friends, my question is to you, is God dealing with you about something in your life that you're ignoring that you're not aware of? That you have decided it's not an issue, but as far as God is concerned, it is an issue, is God dealing with you. In fact, let's go one step further. Are you blaming the devil when it's really God trying to get your attention? See, we've got this concept of God that's so wrong. God's a loving, heavenly Father. All He wants, all he wants from you is just to be happy. Happy, happy, happy. But well, my friends, God is a loving Father. Watch or mother here would allow their child to go off in a direction that they know is wrong that they know will be destructive to their life and not intervene and not discipline because they love their child in fact that's the most unloving thing a parent will do is just to let their child go and do whatever on their own and who cares what happens but yet that's our concept of God In fact, that's the God we want. We want a God who will love us and forgive us and just let us do whatever. In fact, we want a God who loves us and forgives us and let us do whatever. But, oh please God, intervene when we cause problems for ourselves and rescue us. See, God's too loving to allow us to do that. Your life is too precious to Him to allow you to do that. In fact, it's so precious. You want to know how precious it is? Your life is so precious, it sent His Son to the cross so that you might have the forgiveness of sin. So is God dealing with you? My friends, if there is sin in your life, I can almost guarantee you, God is dealing with you, trying to get your attention about the sin in your life. In fact, that brings me to the next question. Is your sin hindering His will for your life? See, this is the tragedy. This is the tragedy of sweeping sin under the carpet, of trying to ignore it. And the reality is is that sin can't be covered. Sin always affects, and one of the areas that it's going to affect in your life is it's going to affect the ability that you have to do God's will for your life. So here you are, you're sitting here, and you say, Oh, I want to be used by God. I just don't know what's going on. But you haven't dealt with that issue in your life. You haven't dealt with it. And you know it's an issue. And you know it's hindering God from using you. You want to be used by Him. My friends, if you want to be used from Him, then get serious about the sin in your life. Because as long as you're not serious about the sin in your life, your sin will affect and hinder His will for your life. Which brings me to my final point. Here's what we've got to do. Just like Sapporo, we've got to acknowledge, acknowledge your sin... And turn back to God. We've got to acknowledge our sin. You've got to acknowledge your sin and turn back to God. You've got to go to Him and say, God, I did what you saw me do. I am no longer making excuses. i got an anger issue. It's not my red hair. God, i got a problem in this area. It's not because of my daddy or my mommy or my pastor or my coach or whatever or my teacher or my Boy Scout master. You, when you acknowledge and turn back to God, you take responsibility for your actions. And my friends, we've got to start taking responsibility for our actions. We've got to quit sweeping it under the carpet. And here's my friends, here's the issue. You can't do it on your own, so you've got to turn back to Him and cry out to Him and say to Him, Lord, You saved me. You died for me. And I need You. There's no other way to say it. No other way to say it. We need Jesus in our life. So my friends, what are you going to do? You're going to follow that age-old tendency and keep sweeping another the carpet? And keep wondering why it is that God can't use you? Are you? Is that what I'm going to do? Is that what we're going to do? We're, going to, we're just going to say, oh, I'm going to keep doing my thing. But my friends, you know, with an understanding of the scripture comes a responsibility. Here's, here's the thing. All of us now are responsible for understanding that God just won't let us do our own thing. He will deal with us. So the question is, how high does he have to turn the fire up before we get our act together? and deal with the stuff that we need to in order that we might be His people and do His will.
0: How high! Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania.